Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And yeah, so uh, this is a little sad for both me and Ben. Uh, to what degree is sadness? I can't speak to Ben, but for me, it's very sad. Uh, this is going to be the last episode of Very Good Television Podcast. Uh, I recently uh, I recently left IndieWire uh, for various reasons, and uh, as a result, one of the things that we just can't really make work anymore is this podcast, uh, which is, you know, not the only way in which sometimes shows end. That's true. There's a lot of different ways that uh, series finales can arrive. And now that I'm thinking about it, didn't we get didn't we get a surprise series finale? Didn't we talk about that like last year? Uh, well, we, well, Penny Dreadful That's gave us it. a surprise series finale. That's the one. This is, a, I don't know if this te- technically counts because uh, I think pe- some people are aware of the fact that I've left IndieWire, so it's probably not hugely shocking. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's still a surprise. I mean, it wasn't something we'd, we'd planned on, um, and I nope. guess the creators knew it before anybody else would have known it, but... Uh, uh, this official announcement is, is definitely the outro, but it definitely gets you thinking about things like um, things like preparing and things like um, timing and, and reasons to, to end something and ending something on your own terms. And, um, you know, the state of series finales these days is so tenuous because... Uh, nothing ever seems to end, <laughs> whether, whether it's a spinoff or... Uh, a reboot or a revival it's uh, things just keep going in some way shape or form like sometimes things are just rediscovered and that serves as like a second life that that people weren't anticipating Um, so so much of it is beyond your control already but at least we get to choose you know what we're going to say on this episode and um, what we're going to talk about which is series finales and probably the new yeah. Netflix drama what if because it's great <laughs> uh, we would go we, we, we live as we began talking about television um, no it's I think what you just pointed out about the idea of preparing is a really interesting point because uh, so many of you know so many shows we've seen recently um, especially like say the recent last seasons of Marvel shows on Netflix uh, all of not all of them prepared for the fact that this could be their final season. I think a lot of season show creators they go into their the final season they go into their in the, writing their season finale with either with a couple of different expectations. One, they already know they they know they have a season a season and then next season in the can in the in the bag they've got the contract it's signed nothing's going to stop them from coming back. Then there's the people who are like we feel pretty good about this. So we're going to go ahead and write in some cliffhangers. Um, write in some cliffhangers and so forth so we can go forward. And, some, and, you, and you know, if you depending on the level of confidence and the level of accuracy you bring into that, like, that can work out for you. Like, especially if you're, you want to make sure you have plot threads to, you know, explore come, come the next season. Uh, and then there are the show creators who are like, I'm not sure I'm getting a, a next season, so I'm going to 
you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap things up as nicely as I can. If this was my last episode of this show, uh, I'd feel good about it. And then, of course, you can Chris Carter it <laughs> and just be like. <laughs> I guess Chris Cartering it is kind of when you do the second thing where you feel pretty confident you're going to get another season, so you go ahead and write cliffhangers in, except that you, you, you shouldn't be that confident, and you're a crazy person. Yeah, there's a, there's a false sense of confidence that ruins the whole experiment. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons where why I'm, I'm always so excited and passionate when it seems like a season is written toward an ending like there's plenty of good series that are built on kind of cliffhanger season finales and you know a lot of that is kind of built around an outdated model in that it would run from fall until may and they wanted to make sure you'd remember to come back in three or four months whenever the show returned um but now you're i mean yeah you're still wanting people to come back when it returns you know a year later or something but it's not exactly the same concept so you don't necessarily need to have as many cliffhangers as people used to and i'm 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 always drawn to the shows that really try to treat a season as its own arc and end something that they began and that gives them the option to either call it quits if they're forced to or uh, they choose to um or to start anew and just continue with the lives of these characters. Like, obviously, something like Breaking Bad ending, spoiler alert, with Walter's death is a pretty definitive ending. Um, and if they'd chosen to do that earlier, I don't know what kind of show they would have made, but they still ended up making a sequel in that um, Better Call Saul is, is out there. Uh, there's a Breaking Bad movie apparently out there. Um, so they find ways for that story to continue, and I'm always a proponent of creators believing in themselves uh, enough to find a new beginning and find a new story if they've got the right characters for it. Um, so just why not, you know, write toward an ending? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the argument against writing towards an ending potentially is, is just kind of the idea that you don't want to wrap up every potential storyline because, you know, you may have stuff going on. You may, uh, uh, you, you, you may, you may want to make sure that you have future you know you you you, you know there's stuff that if you ra- like rushing through the ending to a story versus letting it percolate over the, the course of the next season like that that's a shame i feel like we've all we can remember i i wish i could remember some examples of times i've i've seen that happen on shows where it's like oh that definitely could have been an entire season arc but instead it's shoved into this five minute sequence yeah no i i yeah i completely agree and there's definitely um, series, especially series like, uh, well, especially a lot of comedies where, you know, kind of the longer term arc and the development is supposed to be spread out so you can just kind of enjoy the characters as they are for a longer period of time. Um, but, you know, I think of something, take a show off the top of my head, like The Leftovers, um, in which, <laughs> in which, in which the first season is obviously the end of the book, so it kind of provides its own ending. And, they, you know, they knew when they pitched it that they could expand from there and that they wanted to continue it. Um, but if it had been canceled, the ending would have been a very satisfying ending. Um, then the same thing happened with season two, even though you knew that there was kind of more to Nora's journey that you wanted to see. But if it ended the way it ended, it would have been satisfactory to a lot of people. Um, and then when they finally did decide to end it in the third season, 
they knocked it out of the park. So they kept finding ways to do it. And again, that's not applicable across the board. It's not applicable with every show. Um, but I feel like a lot of great series, it's like people are tempted to say, well, that ended so well, you might as well just call it quits now. You know, people said that with Barry, um, and then season two happened, and look at that. People said that with Big Little Lies, especially since it was intended as a limited series, but so far season two seems to be pretty fun. Um, I mean, they said it with Killing Eve, and season two is a little bit of a disappointment, but it wasn't so bad that they... they it wasn't need, didn't even need nuked off the face of the earth. Exactly, and it was something where, you know, it was pitched as a series. Like, when they pitched that show to BBC America, uh, to AMC Networks, to whoever they talked to, they always pitched it as an ongoing series, so it wasn't like they were expecting to end it at the at the 10th episode. So um, I think, you know, you can write towards that kind of finality and still have things to discuss and have characters to develop. Um, and if you find yourself in a place where you really don't think that there are is one, then at least we're in the day and age where, you know, there's a lot of options out there in terms of, you know, starting a new story somewhere else. People are paying more attention to creators, writers, directors, um, in the television space. So you can continue whatever you want to be talking about, however you want to talk about it in a new show. Yeah. I mean, I think the question is like, you know, what, what are you I mean the, the reasons of course for not continuing in a new show but instead continuing the old show are you know they they often seem like they're largely business driven yeah yeah which again is where the argument kind of falls apart because you know you're comparing you know something that would be you know uh, a pure artistic inspiration uh versus something that's a commercial product and you can find art or you can find kind of a balance between the two in a lot of great ways, which is how, you know, a lot of networks are, are sustained. Um, but it is a very different thing if you're if you're like an AP bio and you're being asked to deliver 18 episodes a year, um, week after week, kind of grounded in the same space with the same characters, uh, the same designs, then, you know, if you're crafting a, a, a Breaking Bad or a Sopranos or something where... Um, you're going in with like a long-term arc, but you know the story you're going to tell. So, has uh, has AP Bio even technically aired its quote-unquote official f- series finale yet? I don't think so, because I think I saw that Patton was Patton Oswalt was tweeting about the final two episodes coming out soon. Yeah, let me let, let me. I'll um, look this up. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't end until uh, June thirteenth. Which I think is, is going to be so strange. Like, once you know that it's canceled, a lot of people are going to look at it and be like, well, they knew it was canceled. Let's see what kind of ending they cooked up. And it's like, no, no, no. They, they wrote that ending. They wrote they did that episode so long ago, there's not really going to be much of a chance for them to end it on their own terms. So, I mean, there's a chance that they, you know, wrap up the wrap up the season storyline in time for it like but actually i haven't been watching ap bio enough this season has it been like kind of similar to last season where there has been kind of one narrative arc yeah um i feel like there's been more development for glenn howerton's teacher this year like kind of more uh kind of a, a lighter touch and a push for a more progressive attitude um he's also had uh kind of on again off again love interest which is driving a lot of the plot but 
Um, so yeah, there's definitely a chance they could they could end the season well and thus end the series well. And at the same time, I feel like they've held back so much about you know where he's ultimately going to end up. And I mean, even just his relationship with his mom uh, that I doubt will get covered in these last episodes, and that's a shame. Ah, oh, God, that is a shame. So, in terms of series finales, like I feel like I feel like it's just. I feel like just things are ending a lot lately, Ben. You know, just on, on television. I feel like I just am constantly seeing endings. And maybe it's because I'm not just watching, you know, thing like, you know, not just seeing the Deadwood finale movie or, mm. you know, you know, what else? Uh, oh, I rewatched uh, this. I, I rewatched the series finale of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. One of the shakier, uh, that, that of all the shows, I, I wish I could say that Star Trek Deep Space Nine totally stuck the ending, um, but I cannot say that to you. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is 75% a perfect series finale, and then 25%, I don't want to say flaming hot garbage, except flames are actually involved at one point. Things get set on fire. I mean, that's hard to argue with then. Uh, but I mean, I, I think you're right in terms of stuff ending now I think that's like a just a a consequence that we don't often think about when we think about how much TV there is we're always talking about how many shows there are and how that number keeps increasing but it's not like every show that premieres and gets added to the pile just keeps continuing and then they keep adding more a lot of those end and then they're replaced with new ones and then those end so along with all these new television shows we're seeing a lot of them are ending and again whether it's on their own terms or not there's still a lot of endings and yeah. each group has a passionate fan base so they get more attention yeah i mean i forgot about um i don't know if you heard about the show called game of thrones it had its big series finale of course uh um, more importantly more importantly veep had its series finale right yeah i remember veep i don't remember that other <laughs> one you're talking about um but this year alone we had we had veep broad city you're the worst craziest girlfriend jane the virgin um i'm forgetting at least one more but there's been a lot oh uh into the badlands that's probably not the one you were thinking of but that's one. probably not but it is one <laughs> <laughs> and oh uh unbreakable kimmy schmidt yeah that's a good one even though it's getting a movie apparently but you know an interactive movie that's very strange to which me. is Actually, terrible. A terrible idea, because they did a really good job with that finale. It doesn't need it. Very worried about that, but I guess have fun. I'll, I'll support the creators yeah. again. They've decided to do it. Godspeed. I'll support interactive media. I enjoy that. As long as it doesn't try to masquerade um, as a movie, that's fine. Ben, I hear ice rattling. Are you drinking Coke? Liz, I would never drink a Coca-Cola on our last broadcast of very good tv pod you are totally drinking a coca-cola i don't know what you're talking about you jerk <laughs> you know what it does to you it makes me feel good uh, i hate it when you feel good that's <laughs> uh, what yeah, it is i mean i think there's something to be said for a really good serious finale like it, it's nice to be able to go out to, to really put a button on on the suit, I that that metaphor is bad. Uh, it's it's but I, I 
pref- I would prefer a great series finale to a bad series finale. Even you know, if you, if you have to say goodbye, say goodbye well. And eventually, every show does have to end, except for, of course, for The Simpsons. <laughs> um, well, which will outlive us all. I mean, um, Liz, there is something to be said for an especially bad series finale, though. And of course, I'm referring to the exquisite trash that is Netflix. What if? Then, would you like to tell me what happens in the the series finale of What If? I mean, I don't, because it's so good. (laughs) Okay. I, I, what, 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 okay, are, yeah, I, I I still need, I, I'm like halfway through episode nine right now, so I'm hoping, I cannot wait to watch episode ten. And, I mean, here's, here's my question for you, though, Ben. So, this, uh, What If is, was designed as an anthology series uh, for, for Netflix by the creator of Revenge, Michael Kelly, your dear friend. Remember when you watched the series finale of Revenge, Ben? You know, I kind of do. Uh... I just remember you being like, I don't understand anything that just happened. Yeah, it was a very confusing episode of television. Um, but, I mean, looking back now... All I want to do is go back and watch all the other episodes of Revenge because it must be at least somewhat as like as entertaining as What If. So I would say I would say watch season season one of Revenge is on Hulu. I actually watched season one uh, while I was prepping to do What If interviews, uh, and uh, season one really holds up. Like it, it's like it is so soapy. Uh, it is. Basically, it's like that. You like Batman, right? I do. Okay, imagine Batman. Except, she's a very. Batman is very hot and blonde. Okay. And she goes on a revenge scheme through the Hamptons. Uh, and Madeline Stowe is her nemesis. Madeline Stowe is Rachel Ghoul. Oh, interesting. Yeah, hmm. I think you. I think you. I mean, if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed what if, if you enjoyed its kind of trash, uh, revenge is a way up your alley. Yeah, they they knew they were making trash, which I think is what really counts. Like they knew that there were certain elements they needed to lean into for it to be entertaining, uh, and for like the story to work. And a lot of it was in the the location choices they made. Like they they staged things oh, yeah. well. Um, like obviously, there's a lot of, of of kind of ritzy glamour in the background, which is which is nice. Like it helps uh, with the mise en scene. But they also just came up with um, exciting setups and, and contrasts. Like they did a whole thing where they were in an open house, and like each couple was in a different room playing a part, and then that led to you know secrets coming out in front of an audience, which adds tension to it. And there's another episode where they're in when the richest lady in the world, Renee Zellweger's character, Anne Montgomery, has to spend a night in a Kentucky motel. And, like, <laughs> it's just... It's so stupid, but it's great. Like, it's 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 that simple little addition to the conversation and to the coupling that uh, progresses things, uh, but it adds so much to uh, just that kind of attachment to the show that uh, it worked really, really well. And, and for the ending, all I'll say is um, it's not like the it's not the craziest thing you could imagine. It's not something where it's just so hell-bent on 
breaking all the rules, that it ignores everything that it's set up. Like, it actually follows through on a lot of the storylines that it's established. Um, but one minor spoiler that I feel good telling you is just that at the very end, one of the last things that happens <laughs> is the main character is watching a television broadcast, uh, a news report, and the news report is important. Like, it gives you kind of uh, some information about... Uh, the final takeaway from the show but delivering that news report is none other than Parks and Recreation's Pert Hapley Pert Hapley? (laughs) Oh my god! If you ever, it's as though like if you made it through those ten hours and you were wondering I I don't know if this show is taking itself seriously or not, that right there is enough to be like, okay they're not, they're not taking this that seriously they are enjoying themselves I'm so happy so that's wonderful. That's wonderful news. Thank you. Um, yeah, Ben. It, 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 if if nothing, if our time together on this podcast has done nothing else but given you the joy of being able to say, with I hope a smile on your face, it's so stupid but so good that I feel like all all my time has been worth it. Well, as I mean, much credit to you because you've you've often pushed me more. Uh, more in the direction of something fun <laughs> instead of something super serious. But um, but I will also say that in terms of bookending this podcast, this this seeing this now um, definitely felt like a a replacement, uh, a correction, if you will, on Netflix's part for the missed opportunity that was Gypsy and. <laughs> Uh, uh, if Gypsy had been produced by Mike Kelly, yeah. this every everything would have been fine. Everything would have been much better. We would have had two really great soapy Netflix shows, and, and Gypsy would still be on. Um, but yeah, like I, we obviously had a few conversations about Gypsy over the years, and and it was brought oh, up Gypsy. more than once uh, for various reasons. But What If is absolutely the correct version of that series. So that's nice. That's good to hear. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, I'm glad, I'm really glad you enjoyed What If. Um, the thing I the thing the thing I wanted to ask you though is, so you really enjoyed the season, you you know, which was deliberately constructed to be one season, you know, in and out. Right, that's important. If there's another, yeah. if there's another season of What If, it'll be a completely it'll it'll at least be a completely different cast of characters. Uh, returning, there may be returning cast. There's not confirmed anything. It'll be a completely different story. He has something in mind. He hasn't said what yet specifically, uh, but it'll be more. It, once again, along the lines of like '80s, '90s, uh, you know, '80s, '90s thrillers. Do, w- will you be excited to watch season two of What If? Oh, I'm I'm dying for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's that's the perfect way to go like it, it's not like I had a deep emotional investment in these characters uh, they they played their part perfectly and, and are as disposable as they should be um, I do hope that uh, her brother <laughs> has a happy life and maybe we just check in on him as like a cameo appearance in future seasons but uh, but no that's what I like that's what I really enjoyed about it and I think that's what gave it kind of the forward momentum that it needed to be entertaining for 10 hours. Like, 10 hours is still a long time. And, yep. uh, 
it just put its foot to the gas and went through all of it and it was constantly exposing secrets and, and twists and backstabbing and um, just all the melodrama you could want and I think it was able well I, I for pretty much know that it was able to do that because it knew it was ending the story and it didn't have to stretch it out um, and preserve anything for down the line so uh, yeah and, and again like the way that it was made in that it was so deliberately constructed to be bad, like trashy greatness, um, that that gives me no doubt that he can do it again. Like I don't know if it'll be better or worse, but I I feel very secure after his history. He cut his teeth on the OC. Um, he wrote far too many episodes of Revenge, but it held up for long enough, apparently, and. Um, has a great first season, obviously, so uh, now that he's delivered this one, I, I feel great about him doing another. I just hope he can get um, another kind of name-brand star for it. You know, like, Renee Zellweger was such a perfect choice because she's been out of the public eye for so long, um, and she's already got this kind of mysterious aura around her, and that contributed to the, this character in a lot of ways, um, along with a pretty solid performance. So I hope that he can find somebody similar uh, to lead the future seasons. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, hopefully relatively it. soon. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'll, keep, I'll definitely keep you posted. Uh, if, if, uh, if I, if, if, hopefully, hopefully you'll be around so I can, uh, sl- you know, live slap you <laughs> I mean, or whatever. I mean, I mean, even if I just, like, wake up to... <laughs> like 40 messages about what if that's going to make for some great reading so excellent okay well we'll figure that out um i mean i wanted to give you something as close to a 20 minute podcast as i could because i know you love that oh my gosh uh and so i think that i think we're kind of coming to it uh ben it's been such a pleasure hosting this with you um I, hopefully this is not the last time we host a podcast together and whether what what kind of form that takes is TBD very much so but yeah yeah I um I feel like you know over the past four plus years there have been a lot of days when talking about TV or or talking at all have felt like the last thing I wanted to do um we would often record on Fridays and whether it's the like workload of that week or the looming weekends work to come. I was at times, um, a grumpy son of a bitch. And not only did you deal with me all these years, but you encouraged me to keep going. Um, you brainstormed so many fun topics and put up with my, uh, ridiculous insistence at times on, on being more structured and, and, coming up with headlines and all that nonsense. Um, and then when we actually started, you'd let me vent and rant to my heart's content. Um, but you also made each podcast a pleasure while it was happening. So even though I dreaded it, it was always a joy while we were in it. And despite any exhaustion, um, the way, on my part, despite any exhaustion that I felt, uh, the way that you think about TV was always a much needed dose of fun for me. Um, it was a burst of goodness I didn't know I always needed, um, and a, an antidote to the far too serious way I often think about TV. Um, you've never met an idea that you turned down on the spot, 
not even my weekly pleas to speak about death ad nauseum. Um, and the concepts that you came up with were always inventive, exciting, and very, very different. Um, it's been my pleasure serving as your co-host over these last four years, uh, and I thank you for inspiring every aspect of the podcast to not only be about very good television, but to be very good itself. Um, I think. I think, anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I'm not crying, so shut up. That really means a lot to me. It, and it's, I wish I had something equally eloquent to say, but aside from the fact that you're one of the smartest minds about, you're one of the smartest people I know flat out, and then also one of the smartest people I know about television. And your opinion is the gold standard as far as I'm concerned. So that means a lot to me. And in terms of also, it should mean a lot to everyone who listens to you and reads you when it comes to television and in the world in general. Listen to Ben. Always listen to Ben. Well, let's not go. Let's not go crazy. There's plenty of times. <laughs> there's plenty of times where I make very, very bad encouragements. I will. I will. I will. Cre- I will create my 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 list of topics upon which you should not listen to Ben on any upon right. any circumstances. Right. Asterisks. Um, yes, I will create my asterisks later. But yeah, this is a very this is a bittersweet finale, but hopefully one that you guys understand we cannot we cannot express how much we appreciate the people who have listened who have commented who have written in uh shout out as always to ann travers uh number one fan uh to the moms and to the moms and my mom as well hi mom uh you guys everyone who's listened to this podcast everyone who's everyone who's been on this podcast uh dave mandel uh jason simeon uh, Sam Esvale, Lisa Lincoln Gladder, who am I forgetting? Ben? Oh, God, I don't uh, know. Don't test uh, the my The high maintenance folk. Right? Yeah. Uh, we just had them. Uh, oh, gosh, there's one more, I think. There's one more person. I mean, we've had uh, we've had guests over the years. Um, and and then Steve Green, Han Nguyen. Uh, we never got Libby on. That was a shame. I think we had Mike uh, Schneider on at least once. Oh yeah, we definitely had Mike. We, well, Mike, remember when Mike Schneider uh, put us up in his hotel room? Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, right. and we recorded an episode there. That's right. That, yeah, we definitely had Mike on at least once. Uh, remember our hundredth episode where we had amazing people yeah. call in and uh, give us their amazing thoughts on television. That was incredible. Uh, yeah, it's been an incredible ride. Uh, it's been two hundred fourteen episodes of fun and occasional deep bone felt exhaustion and occasional outlandish glee and it's been television in all of its best ways so uh well put liz well put yeah well it's been a real honor it's been a real honor and a real pleasure and uh the only thing i can tell you guys is well, I want to make sure Ben get Ben. I want to make sure you have any last words. Oh well, just make sure you follow Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I <laughs> and then an E. Oh yeah, God, I almost forgot. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and E. Uh, and you should follow Ben on Twitter at Ben T Travers. And again, thank you guys for listening. And please keep watching television. I don't know, should they? Like, there's books out there. (laughs) Yeah, go read books, you guys. Fuck it.